You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. So we have Dr. Axel Merhofer on the line. And uh, doctor, I really appreciate you being on with us. And I've been really looking forward to this discussion because we are really going to dive pretty deep into some mindset here today. Um, but uh, I want to kick things off right off the bat, making sure everybody has your contact information. And you are giving a, a pretty generous offer right now. If you go to free mindset manual, no, idealwealthgrower.com. I'm sorry, I already messed that up. But it's idealwealthgrower.com slash free. And if you use the code Jack, you'll get your their free mindset manual. Um, and, and this is a great offer and a great opportunity and you can't beat the price free, right? So I really appreciate you offering that to our listeners. But thanks for joining me here tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jake. So let's start things off here. Um, and I'm going to be peeking at my notes. And as you people are probably noticing, I'm looking to the upper left um, here is that uh, we're going to start at the very beginning because I understand that a lot of some of these lessons that we're going to be talking about tonight are around a deal you lost and recovered or I mean, there's probably quite a story here. Yeah, there are a couple of different stories. Um, lost is maybe a little bit of a harsh of a word, but abandoned, I would maybe call it. Um, one of the things that happened is that we fundamentally, both myself, my wife, from, from our own investments, but also what we're recommending to the community that we're uh, helping through mentoring and coaching is to apply what we call the out-of-state turnkey uh, strategy. And in that context, when you look for properties lately, because of the mortgage rates having come down quite a bit, um, and it looked like this a few years ago already, um, we were thinking, okay, this might actually open up investments that used to be not available because of the cost of new construction versus renovating an existing property. So we had gotten into a deal that looked really good for a new construction property. And while we were waiting for the property to be built, the interest rates, and you may remember this is only like two, two and a half years ago, interest rates kept increasing and the, the building got more and more delayed. And so ultimately it got to a point, and this is one of the foundational things that I'm always saying, don't invest in a property that doesn't give you positive cash flow on day one. Mm. And that's why I'm saying it's not really lost, it's more abandoned because as interest rates kept increasing and I kept running the calculator, it became more and more obvious there was basically no more positive cash flow at the end of that deal. And the builder didn't really want to commit to say, I'm really going to be done now. You could say that was maybe a little bit foreseeable because we started the whole thing in October and they guaranteed it's done by Christmas and then it came January and that became end of January and into February. And it wasn't here in San Diego where I live, but somewhere in the Midwest in the Memphis area. So they had to deal with winter and all kinds of things. So in hindsight, yes, I lost that deal. I was told by other people, wow, you 
really known that interest rates got to a peak and then they're going to come down. How amazing. But the reality was it just got too expensive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, this is, this is especially interesting that you mentioned that you, you were in constantly uh, watching the interest rates and mm -hmm. basically making a decision of what you're going to do next, because a lot of people would have locked in and tried to ride it out. And then, uh, uh, I think there's a slight uh, romanticism associated with time heals everything when it comes to real estate. Right. Um, and uh, I think what you're talking about and what you're teaching is, is really dead on is that you need to be cash flowing from day one. Have you found I, that I, people are pretty receptive to that or are you finding that it's, it's usually that type of thing that I mentioned where people like to ride it out? What? I think you have to die, go back a few steps to what I would call the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. So one of the fundamental things that I believe in, and you mentioned the mindset menu right when we started, is like, what's your mindset? And with that mindset is closely related is what are your goals? What do you really want to accomplish? And one of the things that I teach or we teach at Idea Wealth Grower has to do with what we call economic independence. And the definition for that is the point in time at which you no longer are forced or required to exchange time for money, which is kind of like a little bit of a different way of having a job, right? Mm -hmm. Or owning a business that makes money. So most people in almost all their life until they somehow decide to retire have to exchange time for money to sustain themselves and their family. Mm -hmm. So what we're basically saying as a fundamental point is there is a way through residential real estate investing to reach this point where you make enough passive income so you no longer have to exchange time for money. Now, that doesn't mean you have to quit your job. If you really like what you're doing, keep doing it, right? But there's a huge difference between having to do it and choosing to do it, right? So that's the first thing. And so if you can develop as a first foundational point a mindset to say, I know where I want to go, mm -hmm. where this number is and this is individual for anybody right you you said you are in in north dakota your number that you might want to go after for your economic independence might be totally different than my number in san diego and somebody else's number in pick and pick a place anywhere in the country mm -hmm. but it's important to say okay i have this number in mind because then you can work backwards and can say okay so now that i have that number what does that mean for my investment behavior Right. And so then we go back to this lost deal and, and deals that came after that when I can say, OK, right now with the interest rate environment, we're looking to make about between 250 and 350 dollars positive cash flow from day one. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's just say, Jack, your number were five thousand dollars a month. Right. If nothing else, if you say, I don't look at anything, at in, not at inflation, not at appreciation of the property, any of that. I only look at I want to purchase and own properties that make $250 a month. Mm -hmm. Well, then, you know, if your number is 5,000, you need to get 20 of those. Right. And by the time that you reach that point, you basically have reached that point to make this decision. Do I still want to do whatever else brought in money in the past or not? And if you say, no, I want to actually like, I like gardening, right? You want to grow some exotic stuff in the garden, which is probably a challenge in North Dakota to do, right? So then, um, then you take your $5,000 passive income that comes from your 20 properties and you do whatever you like. 
you might want to do charitable work or any of those kind of things. But you have to be having that discipline and that focus to get to that point. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where a lot of these things come in. And all the other things, I always say these are layers of a nice cake and it just gets better and better. Yes, the government says you have depreciation over 27 and a half year for every property, which lowers your income tax. That's a nice layer. Yes, there might be appreciation, at least at the rate of uh, inflation. And I'm pretty sure inflation at some point in the next 10, 15 years will be much higher than what we've been used to in the recent past. So that increases at least at that rate, uh, the value of your property. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're lucky and Jeff Bezos wants to build a distribution center next to your property, it might go may way more up than inflation. Another nice, nice layer. Right. So then the fact that you only need to put 20% of your own money in and the bank gives you 80%, another lies layer. Right. Then the fact that because there is inflation, your rental income will also go up over time, mm -hmm. which means, yes, you start out with your 250 bucks, but in, let's say, five years, it's not inconceivable that it's 350 bucks. Right. Because your cost would not normally increase. Your mortgage is your mortgage. It always costs you the same but your rent increases, so your passive income increases. So when you say right from day one, and when I get these 20 properties, takes me 15 years. But every one of those layers is going to help you to shorten that time. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is uh, that you can get your mind to the point to say, I can do this. I'm not going to listen to all the noise around me. What I need to understand is how do I get to eighteen to $20,000 in my accumulation account to start get my first property? That is a doable thing. And that gets you the first 250 bucks out of the 20 in your case, if we stick with those 5,000 that you want to get. Sure. If you say it doesn't need to be 5,000, only needs to be 3,000. I'm happy with 3,000 every month. I can live happily in my area for that money. Well, then it's not 20 properties, then it's maybe 10. Mm -hmm. Right. Nine or nine or something like that. I mean, it's individual for every person and for whatever your wishes are and stuff. But the one thing that's important in this whole image that we are creating here is that that initial goal is basically what some people call the worst case scenario. If you work to this goal, at the latest at the point when you reach it, most of the time already on the path of reaching it, the situation will get better and better and better. And don't forget over time when you actually reach that point and you're growing your exotic trees in, in North Dakota. <laughs> uh, when you reach that point, right, and you're getting your 3000 or 5000 a month, a few years later, the first house that you bought is going to pay it off by the mortgage is paid off. Now you're not getting 250 or 350, you're getting 800, 900, 1000 a month. Mm. And that happens for all the 20 houses. So by the time you would get to the age that normal people retire, you would probably make easily in today's money 10, 15 grand and never really change anything other than getting these initial properties. Sure. Right. And so that, that arc or that path is basically what we are trying to teach and get people um, to understand. But then also when we're going back to the mindset aspect to really realize it's not a matter of other people can do this. Other people are investors. I always say you need to basically be willing to set yourself a challenging goal, or we call that the BHAG, like Jim Collins. It stands for big, hairy, audacious goal. It needs to be a little bit audacious, 20 houses, right, or something like that. And then you break it down into individual pieces and you work step by step 
with a certain level of discipline. I always say you should expect anywhere between eight and 10 years and you will be there. And it's really not a matter of what schooling you have or what kind of degree you have or what kind of job you have. It's a matter of putting the ingredients together and having the discipline and the willingness to actually do it. And then I'm, I'm a little bit biased to say, if you allow me to help you, it goes a little faster and make sure that you don't make mistakes. Sure. You know, could we, could we, you know, we, you pulled me back to where you, where we're regarding the mindset thing there. The one thing that I think that I'd like to talk just briefly about is that, you know, we're talking about that 20% down and I get a lot of people that come to real estate meetups and, and, you know, uh, through this podcast, they, they start off uh, with no money and Mm -hmm. they want to um, let's, let's talk a little bit about that, that being like the first goal, like how Mm -hmm. people change their mindset so that they make the proper buying decisions and that they or they make the proper savings decisions so that they can afford that first rental property. Right. Well, one of the things that I have said often lately is we have and are constantly through the media, social media and other things get conditioned to make binary choices, black and white right or left, up or down, things like that. Mm -hmm. And in that is good or bad in the context of who is most valuable. And it's almost like the forbidden sin to say, I'm the most valuable first. Mm -hmm. Right? But if for a second you see that as the middle ground between you not at all being valuable or you're the most valuable, you see that as as a middle ground to say, okay, I'm adopting an attitude where I give myself value. Then the next step, especially when you're still single or just, you know, early stages of building a family or stuff like that is to say, okay, if that is true, then instead of assuming a consumptive attitude, a consumptive behavior, where I get money in and I use this money to buy and pay for stuff that I want or need, this valuing yourself first means also pay yourself first. And so my first advice is 10% of anything, of your job, of your Uber driving, of your sidekick, whatever it is that you do, 10%, immediately when it comes in, needs to go and some with some tools, you can actually automate it, mm-hmm. goes to what I call the accumulation account. And then you have the remaining 90% to do all the stuff that you normally do. Now, you can be more ambitious, but it should be at least 10%. That's the means to start accumulating the money that you need to make your first investment. And the other thing is to get away from these huge things that you see like on on shows like HGTV, Mm -hmm. right? The reality is the house that I'm most proud of owning in my investment portfolio is a three-bedroom, two-bath house on 3rd Street in Dayton, Ohio, that we bought for $80,000 and collect $900 rent. But when you look at this as an early-stage person who wants to get into this uh, residential real estate investing, in reality, that means you need $16,000. Mm -hmm. So if you say, okay, through all the things that I do between myself and my spouse or my girlfriend or whatever, we each do $500 a month, $1,000 a year, 16 months later, you can buy your first house. Mm -hmm. So that's something to realize. Oftentimes people say, oh, the numbers are astronomical. No, they don't have to be. 
Now, there are a lot of other facets to it, right? Like you can get a place that will never rent properly or you need to arm yourself to walk down the street and stuff and you can get stuff for cheaper. Mm-hmm. But that $80,000 house is eight minutes from downtown, fully renovated in a very nice B-class neighborhood. And people actually bid it up. We offered it for eight hundred, and we're renting it for almost nine hundred because so many people wanted it. Mm-hmm. Good people with three times the income and all kinds of stuff, and never missed a rent even through Corona. Right. So that's you know, if you, if you on the one hand have that audacious goal, but on the other hand you break it down as what is the minimum that I need to actually do to get started. Sixteen, eighteen, twenty thousand dollars. It might sound a lot for for people, but if you imagine every for everything that comes in, ten percent you put aside, and maybe if you live with somebody or share your life with somebody, the other person does the same thing. It is not an insurmountable thing that is for years and years in the future. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. And the the interesting thing is, like I talked about these layers of the cake, the same thing uh, is applicable there. Now. When you have that house, it gives you those 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. So you add that to your accumulation account. It doesn't take another 16 months to do the next one. It maybe take 12. And then after that, it takes nine. And maybe in, an, in a couple of years from that, you can buy two houses a year. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's just a matter of how do I get my mind around the fact that it doesn't need to be a huge number that it is a matter of getting some help to select a good property, not an expensive one, a good one where the numbers really work and then work with help. Like if you accept the help and work with help to do the right things with your finances. And maybe you need to be a little frugal. Maybe you need to ask yourself, but I think one thing that this whole pandemic has taught us that we can, Mm -hmm. because a lot of things have been taken away from us. And I think a lot of people realize that some of the stuff that they thought they really needed, they don't need that much Mm -hmm. or they can get something just as gratifying for much cheaper. Right. Which just accelerates your ability to become uh, an investor. And I actually, if you allow me, I, I actually also teach one other component that I think is very important mm-hmm. because we have a tendency to put labels on people and labels on professions and stuff. In investor and landlord, to some extent in certain communities, has kind of like this negativity, this mm-hmm. rich guy, Porsche driving, whatever kind of person. What I'm saying is if you really ask yourself, what are we really doing? The answer that I try to get across is what we really want to accomplish is to provide a fundamental service of the elemental need of shelter to good people who like to live in a freshly renovated house that is clean, like a smells like a new car, that is fitting their needs at a fair price. Mm-hmm. That's a service that we're providing. And it's a win-win-win situation because they like to live in a nice, fresh, fairly priced house. We like to have them because they cherish it. They don't trash it and they pay their rent. And the property management company loves it because they never have anything to do and collect money. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why uh, we want to be service providers. The service is shelter for the family that lives in our house. Not this kind of label of the investor who drives around and just wants to get rid on the back of other people. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, you... There's a lot of stuff there that to unpack. You know, one one of the things that we were quickly running out of time already, and I wanted to make sure that we talked about this, okay. is that we 
uh, you you're talking about you're living in San San Diego, was it? Mm-hmm. Yes. You're living in San Diego, and it sounds like you have properties all over the country. Right. Um, that's another mindset thing that people typically have to get over. You know, there's a lot of people that would, especially maybe at maybe this is what you suggest at first, getting that property in your backyard. Um, but uh, what what are your thoughts regarding? this distance investing and and the process that you're going through in finding these properties and then finding the property managers. And I mean, yeah, you got to get everybody was, on board here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Our strategy, we call our strategy tur- out of state turnkey. And what that means out of state is pretty self-explanatory. And this comes from a lot of people, myself included, living in areas where it's pretty much prohibitively expensive. And the point is not that I couldn't buy a property because I don't have the money, but they don't perform. One -hmm. of the really big things that people don't speak about a lot in this context of residential real estate investing is properties differentiate uh, from each other by the performance. So what we always say, and how do we get to these 250 to $350 is that we don't want to have a situation where we cannot get 1% in rent from the property price. To give you a quick example, I look for a property that costs $100,000 and it needs to be easy to rent it for $1,000. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be a good property in a B-class neighborhood with low crime and good economic environment and all those other criteria. So that's a good performance. I can get that anywhere in California and you wouldn't get that anywhere in New York or on the East Coast either. Mm-hmm. You can get plenty of properties, but you get 0.3, 0.5%, maybe 0.6%, but you're never going to get 1% or more or you have to go in the worst areas nobody wants to go to, you know, to get a property that performs, but you're never going to be able to collect the money because people constantly flake out on rent. So that balance is really important for performance. And so now you say, okay, well, a lot of people say turnkey companies are not really a good partner or a good idea when it comes to investing. And I say, that's not true. It's like everything. When you say, okay, what's out there, for example, in food, not every food is healthy for you or good for you. What you want to look for is the high quality. And that's what we do as well. And that's what I do for my own properties. We have one handful, five turnkey companies. And why only five out of hundreds that are out there is because these have to have a triangular relationship where one corner is they need to find the property and take the risk to renovate it. For Mm -hmm. me, I'm not even touching it. I only want to see what the scope of all the renovation is, but I'm not involved. I'm just looking at it. So they set a price very early. So I know, and there's no debating, this is the price. And people will say, yeah, but the price is much higher than what you could find on your own. Yes, but I don't carry any risk. And they are entitled to get a little bit money for carrying all the risk of the broken foundation that they found or the wrong electric in the walls or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they get a little more that you might be able to get on your own. But I believe they deserve it. Now, number two, and one of the more important things is these same guys that found it and renovated it and then actually sell it to me, right? They find it, renovate it. They sell it. They also need to be the ones who manage it. And now it becomes very obvious why is that important. If they renovate it right, then the management is easy. If they do a shitty job on the renovation, the management is horrible. And to make it a little more painful, we insist, and it's not really a problem because all the turnkey providers we work with do a great job on renovation. But we also insist that we get a guarantee for the first year when, after we buy it that anything that goes wrong, they pay for it. 
which also means how stupid would they be if they do a bad renovation that doesn't even hold up for a year. Mm-hmm. So that's, and there aren't that many out there that actually find performing properties in good areas that they sell you for a fair price that they can rent for a fair price and that are renovated and they manage them to a degree that you don't have to worry about anything on maintenance or any kind of stuff in the first year. And so when you have that, then you come to realize there aren't that many places in the country where these companies exist that can actually pull that off. And they are not in the expensive areas because it's impossible. The numbers just don't work. Mm-hmm. No, and that's that- why you want to hook up. That's It's not just me. I'm just saying, you know, the point is you need to have these criteria. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your sixteen to $20,000 for your first investment need to go in a property that performs well and that you basically have no more than maybe two or three hours a month to do with. And when your portfolio grows, the time that you need to spend shouldn't grow. Mm-hmm. No, this is that's uh, your triangle. There is is awesome. I mean, if if anybody got anything out of this discussion, I mean that that alone was was worth the the time investment here tonight. So yeah, then, uh, you sorry know, for interrupting, Jack, but that's what your audience members, anybody, especially people who start new, that's what they should ask. You find it, you renovate it, you sell it to me, you manage it. It's mm-hmm. everything to that is yes. Then you have then you can start a conversation. If they say no, 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 we don't. Either one of those, just walk away. Yeah, the the reason I was going to put you on the spot is that you know when we were talking about you're talking about two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty dollars mm-hmm. in monthly cash flow. More times than not, especially when you're trying to do what you're suggesting, and if you're not asking those three questions, um, especially if it breaks, you have to fix it. Like that year warranty is uh, you're asking for um, more times than not that cash flow will disappear that first year. I mean, it's, it's hard to cash flow, especially that first year when you, when you acquire a rental property. But if you, if you do everything you're suggesting here, including the rent, the, the warranty, I mean, that, that really sets you up for a, a good long-term rental Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree. That is a very great analysis. The the point is also the good turnkey providers want to have good tenants. They want to have good properties. They want to have a very limited amount of maintenance. So it's a matter of the quality of stuff that you put in. And this comes back to that triangle. If you know that the property is going to come into your inventory and it's going to come into your maintenance, then it makes sense that you put a little bit better hardwood floors, a little bit better faucets, a little bit better kitchen tile, and all those little things, you know, ceiling fans, light fixtures, whatever might happen, um, That then you would if your only purpose was to make everything look good so you can sell it. Mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the big differentiators. Oftentimes you find people who renovate stuff, then they sell it to a real estate organization that calls itself turnkey, but all they do is put a profit margin on it and sell it to you. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as something breaks, they say, we didn't renovate it. The people who sold it say, deal is done, read the fine print, nothing with us, go to your property managers. And the property managers say, well, it needs to be fixed. The tenant is entitled to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. But then guess who pays? And your cash flow is gone. Now, one thing I want to point out here real quick is about two years ago or so, 
even year and a half ago, if you ran the same numbers and so forth, your cash flow was probably more between 150 and 200 dollars. The reason that it is more now in the 250 to 300, sometimes even beyond, is because interest rates have come down so much. I mean, two years ago, you would have been hard felt to get um, an investment loan. Not not the same like when you buy for your own house, but for an investment property, probably between five and six percent. And now you can get it, you know, in the 4%, some right around slightly below, slightly above four. And a percent and a half makes a good chunk of difference. You know, that's basically $150 a month on a $100,000 property that you're having in, in addition in the money just because interest rates are lower. Right. So, you know, I, I'm going to guess too then that if you uh, identify a good turn, turnkey provider, they will likely be also established in that community because you'll you'll likely need that banking relationship where that property is in order to make that acquisition, right? Well, that's one way if you do it yourself. If you were to actually say, I find a turnkey provider on my own, I go after it on my own and so forth. What I actually do for our clients and for myself is I identified a lender who is working nationwide. So you only need to qualify one time because the idea is if you only wanted to buy one property, you will never get to your economic independence goal. Right? Right. So the, it's clear from the get-go that you will have to acquire a certain number, whether that's 5, 10, 15 or 20 properties, but it's pretty clear over time you want to acquire a number of properties. And if that's that question is answered yes, then it also makes sense that you qualify with one lender and then you have a long time relationship with that lender and it's not so important exactly where that property is. So the lender that we work with and also introduce our clients to operates nationwide. So if I have a turnkey provider, like I literally have one that I own four properties, uh, you know, under their management and they just happen to be at the intersection of Iowa, Illinois and Idaho. So Mm -hmm. Four properties, three states. It didn't really matter because it came all from the same lender. But I want to say you're right. If you do it basically on a, in a captivated approach for yourself, then yes, these turnkey providers also have great relationships to banks, great relationships to title companies, and typically also great relationships to insurers that give you a fair deal and not you know the deal that sucks a lot of money out of your deal Mm -hmm. and so all these things make a difference right and there's a lot to learn that's why i'm oftentimes saying when people ask me well why would somebody do mentoring with you versus just learning this stuff on their own and i'm not saying they couldn't it's just the willingness to put in the time and the risk of potentially making mistakes when we have spent 10 15 years doing all of that and paying a lot of money for it so to speak Right. So, and naturally the relationships, right? I mean, yes, you can find the lender yourself, but only the those you know, folks who say we want to work with you I, I also get access. And and there's a little bit of a fine point. You can imagine when you work with a turnkey provider and you have multiple properties with them. And I call them up and say, hey, Jack wants to buy a, a house. He's one of our new investors. They want to keep the relationship with me. They want to keep the relationship with the other folks that I basically brought to them and they want to have a good relationship with you. So the treatment, the whole opening of the door is a little different than when you're looking by yourself for your first property. Mm-hmm. So if you, everybody wants to uh, get more information, I want to point them, to, you know, mid talk here, head over to idealwealthgrower.com slash free, use the promo code Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be a free mindset manual that you can download to uh, 
this is really some valuable information. And like I said before, you can't beat the price here. If you're, if you see, if Axel's willing to give this away for free, you should take him up on it. I wanted to talk briefly about uh, that mindset associated with, let's say that first investment property isn't performing that the way that you're hoping Um, to persevere and get through it and, and continue down this road. And, and, you know, I'm a big proponent on the, the concept that, you know, we already talked about establishing your goals, writing it down. And as far as I'm concerned, it, it's a dream until you write it down. Then, then now it's on paper, it becomes a target. Like, how, how, talk about the mindset and the ability to persevere and, and to just keep, keep going with the plan. Yeah, one thing that uh, I just in one of our YouTube videos recently introduced, and it is actually in the mindset manual, is called the diamond model. And it asks the question, and it's going quite deep through exercises and stuff like that. It asks the question, do you see yourself as a victim or do you see yourself as a creator? Mm-hmm. Right. And victim examples for victim more would be, I can only get the job that I can get. I'm being sucked dry by the government for paying taxes uh, on my income and then sales tax in the store. And if I ever make a little profit, then I have to pay capital gains tax. And if I drive a little too fast, the police is catching me. And so you're constantly in this victim mindset, or you can say, I'm a creator. And not just say it, but also live it, right? So a creator says, okay, what are the steps that I need to do? For example, pay yourself first 10% of everything that comes in. Number two, create a detailed list of all your expenses. And then really when you have it in front of you, or you can use an app for that if you want to do it that way, really analyze what are the things that are really necessary. Quick example, people oftentimes don't look at it. They initially start out and say, oh yeah, Netflix, I heard that's pretty cool and I want to see Game of Thrones or something like that. Oh, HBO, yeah, then I need to have HBO. Oh, what's a cool series on Hulu and Prime, Amazon Prime cost me $130 a year. And then you might even on top of that have cable. Mm. But if you look at that and you say, okay, I see all these expenses, I challenge you to say how many times are you actually individually spending time on Netflix or on any one of these? And if you do that, you find out this is almost as expensive as going to the movies. Now, I'm not saying don't have any of those, but do you really need three or four? Mm-hmm. Right? So but first, you need to write it down, look at it or put it in the app and then analyze it and say, okay, well, it's only $30 here, $20 here, $60 here, $80 here. Well, just add that together as 200 bucks a month. Right? So when I said earlier, you want to at least put $1,000 a month while well, you're already spending 200 on stuff that you, when you're really honest with yourself, don't really need to spend. Mm-hmm. So you're creating your success by analyzing your situation and your expenses. You can look at what do I do in the time that is not currently exchanged for money? Is there any opportunity for me to exchange more time for money or am I spending time on things that might feel good and may make me happy, but don't get me closer to the goal of not having to work at all anymore. That becomes a motivator. If you can always tell yourself, and we actually have a little exercise that gives you uh, and makes you individually create a sentence that is motivating language and we give you the words on what to choose and you pick the ones that resonate the most with you so that you end up with a creator type sentence. And I encourage people in the videos and in the manual to say, you say the sentence when you get up, 
You say the sentence before lunch. You say the sentence after lunch. You say the sentence before dinner, and you say the sentence when you go to bed five times a day. You do that for a month. It you will find weird, feel weird if you don't say the sentence on a regular basis. But that becomes like almost like a little energy boost every time you say it, because mm -hmm. the way you put the sentence out to yourself, and you should say it out loud, not just in your mind. Every time you do it, it's a little burst of energy. And I actually use the analogy of a flywheel. Yes, initially it's hard. It's writing it down and analyzing it and canceling all kinds of subscriptions and stuff like that. That's the energy that you need to put in to get the flywheel to go. Mm. But then these little bursts that you need to do, just keep it going. And it will become more and more joyful from a mindset perspective to say, I can actually do something. Wow, I now have $5,000 in my accumulation account. I have just been offered to help somebody out for 200 bucks to help them move. That's 200 bucks that get me one step closer and another burst and another burst and another burst. And you basically get addicted in a way, <laughs> in a good mm -hmm. way to doing these little things that are little bursts to keep the flywheel going and maybe even accelerate. That's, that's you know, what a creator does rather than sitting back and say, how bad is the world and everybody wants something bad for me and I'm just fending off and I'm the victim. Mm -hmm. That's an example of what you find in the mindset menu that I hope at least helps people to say, I need to have the mindset of a creator. I'm creating my own destiny. I'm creating my success. I'm reaching my goals with my energy. Yeah, th this this has just been fantastic. I, I can't thank you enough for for giving us this time. Um and, uh, you know, it, what, what struck me is, is that when you were talking about that and basically filling your blanks or something, I kind of had a flashback from when I was a kid. It sounded like a choose-your-own-adventure novel I used to love to read, you mm -hmm. know. And, and what, what you're essentially saying there is that you're, it's time to fill, in, fill it in and, and choose your own adventure. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, to a sense, I, uh, in a way, I oftentimes say, when you ask people to recite their life story, many people have the tendency to basically describe what happened to them. Mm. And I oftentimes, within seconds, I stop them and say, I want to hear what you did. What did you do to make it happen? And if you feel that you haven't done a whole lot of things, stuff just happened to you, then draw a line and say, from now on, I make it happen. And then make it happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a matter of the mindset. It also, for one, it's going to make you feel much better. And you will be amazed that all the people who pull you back, they're going to say, say to you, you're crazy. But you will make new friends who are infatuated and infected by your energy, by your drive, by your example. Right? And there's actually a really good saying. I don't remember exactly who said it is. You want to ask yourself who you associate with. And when you look at your closest circle of the five people closest around you and you want to really answer the question, are they helping me to get better and more successful and more creative? Or are they pulling me back where I'm basically the one that's pulling them forward? If the latter is true, you need to get better friends and better associates. You want to find the people who are already doing or have been doing what you want to accomplish and learn from them. Associate yourself with them. Don't drag four or five other people behind you. They're holding you back from your success. It sounds a little harsh, but that's what you need to do and actually really push forward. Mm -hmm. And you will be surprised how quickly you find people who want to join you on that journey. 
No, this this has just been just just great. I really appreciate you giving us this time here tonight. If you want more information, I'm definitely going to be pushing everybody to idealwealthgrower.com slash free. Use that offer code Jack uh, to get that free mindset manual. Uh, th- this is like square one. This is where you have to start. It's not something that's nice to do. I'm going to say that this is something that you have to start if you're really considering getting into real estate investing or frankly, based on what our discussion here tonight, I would say any kind of career, you probably should kind of go through some sort of some of these mindset exercises. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent and the first investment that we need to make is in yourself. And this is what you're talking about. I really appreciate the messages you've, you've given here tonight. But a couple of those highlights that I kind of wanted to kind of summarize here, just things that are, that are standing out, is um, those, that, that, the, those choices we're making, those, whether it's those purchase choices, those actions we're taking. I absolutely love the concept of you asking people about, tell, tell me your story, and stopping them and telling, making them change that discussion. What did you do? What actions did you take to get to where you're at or get you where you want to go? I mean, fantastic. Um, Defining those goals. What are your goals and how are you going to accomplish them? Um, I've I've even pushed people towards doing uh, uh, dream boards and everything. I mean, it sounds really hokey at the time. And in fact, if you would have asked me five years ago if I'd be doing a dream board, I tell you you're crazy. Now I have them hanging up um, by my shower mirror, so I have to look at it every day. I mean, it's it's something to get your mindset right. I love that you helping. The, I think it's in this mindset manual, creating that sentence to repeat to yourself five times. How powerful is that? And I and I can't tell people enough that repetition is the key to like everything. I mean, it's, it's really important. And, and I really love the concept of breaking down those goals. Um, and when you mentioned being audacious with some of those goals, um, when you start breaking them out into digestible pieces, I mean, it, it makes it far more accomplishable and it makes it a, a very achievable. I, I, I can't thank you enough. I mean, this has been a, a a fantastic conversation. Was there anything else outside of what I brought up here now at the end that we should probably bring to the forefront here again? No, absolutely. Great summary, Jack. I really want to thank you for, for allowing me to be on your show and, 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 and talking to you and to your audience. And the one thing that I can say is um, we're trying to cater to like a age group that can some people like videos better so we have a pretty good youtube channel i believe but we also are on instagram facebook and the other social media channels so whichever one of those you prefer if you put an idea wealth grower you should find us and you know one thing that we also do is complementary strategy sessions so if some of your listeners heard something where they say, oh, I like to dig a little deeper or I like to have a one-on-one conversation. I might even want to consider if this kind of mentoring stuff is for me, then 
you can find that on our website. You can schedule it with us. And it's really meant to be complimentary. My motto has always been helping others help themselves become successful. And I really mean that, you know, seriously. And, and so that's why I'm there for now. We're not in business for charity. Ultimately, our services do cost money. But to find out if we are the right partner for you, we want to give you the opportunity without having to pay for that. So, no, really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, make sure again, idealwealthgrower.com slash free and use that offer code ta- Jack and uh, take him up on that free offer. Uh, thanks again. And I hope we can do this again. This has been a great conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jack. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.